If football podcasts are your thing, be sure to check out Beyond the Score on the EPL Live app. It's another new podcast of ours where we take deep dives into some Champions League classics over the years. Two have already been released as well, with special guest Mark Goldbridge talking about Manchester United's treble in 1999, and commentator Clive Tilsley taking us through Liverpool's miracle of Istanbul in 2005. So be sure to check them out. Kinnear back to Pierce again. Low and half Greaves! Oh, what a goal by Greaves! Oh, what a superb header by Greaves! Welcome back to the Offside Report, brought to you by Sportsmates EPL Live app. And what a throwback that intro was for our older listeners of the great and unfortunately late Jimmy Greaves. And we'll start the show off with our tribute to the great man very shortly. We'll also cross live across the border to France. And is that notorious Parisian arrogance already rubbing off on Leo Messi? Jimmy will again take us on a gondola ride through Italy with all the latest Serie A news and why he thinks relegation battlers Juventus will still win the title, plus much more to recap from the weekend, as well as preview the week of Premier League football ahead. Joining me as always on the podcast is Jimmy, Mitch and Al. How is everyone? Very good, mate. I'll start just quickly by saying thank God we got to a second week. I don't think I didn't think we would. Second thing, big thanks to Al because obviously, as we know in Melbourne, there's riots in the city. So thanks to uh, Alan for getting back home for in time for the podcast. So how, yeah, that's how good, are you good. young boys, should I say? <laughs> yeah, well, that hurts. That, that really hurts. <laughs> so what happened there then, Mitch? Look, it's I want to blame Jesse Lingard, but I can't because he redeemed himself on the weekend. So you did. You know what? I'll leave that alone for now. Um, and I won't even bring up Spurs this early. So, you know, I'll be the nice guy here. He did redeem himself, Jesse Lingard, in all fairness to him. But Al, without making you feel too old, mate, you knew Jimmy Greaves better than all of us, especially being a Spurs man yourself. So tell us, how will you remember Greavesy? Well, yeah, Jimmy Greaves, what can I say? I mean, I didn't know him that well, obviously being, uh, I'm not, not that that old, but, but watching him <laughs> over the years, I used to watch a show called Saint and Greasy. Um, yeah. And that was one of the best shows. Before before the Premier League started, it used to be the kickoff, you know, before the, the games on a Saturday. I uh, used to run alongside. You know, I used to watch that. I used to love it. You, the build-up to the to, to the games. Um, it's, it's back when it, what it used to be. Uh, football, that, you know, back in the... Yeah. The yeah. I was actually talking to my mate the other day and... Um, he was telling me all about Greavesy um, and he, he's a bit old and he was telling me how he used to play for AC Milan in the Serie A back in the 60s. Yeah. And, you know, for in that time, in that era, for a player to be playing abroad, um, you must have been pretty bloody good. I mean, we don't even see much these days from English players. So, I mean, that gives you a taste of how good he was as a player, I guess. Well, yeah, you say that. AC Milan, you played four. He actually played uh, 12 games. He scored nine goals. He's got nine goals, yeah. But he yeah. clashed with the manager, didn't he, Al? He, well, he didn't like the... Uh, yeah, I heard he didn't like the diet and the lifestyle. It was yeah. too good for him. So, yeah, he kind of moved back back yeah. to London. That's where he uh, moved back to Spurs. He started at Chelsea in, I think, 1957. But moved back to uh, the, the the double-winning side of the, the Spurs team in 1961. yeah. Yeah. And, he, you know, over those nine years, he was there for nine years. And he was, you know, if you talk about world-class players, you know, like Pele, Eusebio over the time, I think, I'm being quite biased, but I think he was up there with, with the best. He was up there with them. Um, you know, yeah. he scored, over those 
nine years he scored 220 goals in 321 games. But the one, I mean, the, the biggest thing for him, I mean, he's not, he wouldn't be one of the biggest names, I don't think. I mean, you guys would have heard of him, obviously, but, you know, he, he was part of that 66 England World Cup squad, but mm. he just didn't play the final. You know, that, that, his, his position was taken, taken up by Jeff Hurst. Obviously, he scored a, scored a hat trick, famous for that. Yeah. You got tough, tough, tough team to break into that one. It was indeed. I mean, obviously, they went all the way. Um, mm. But he, he, he got injured in the, in the, I think it was in the group stages. So he was all suited and booted for the day on, on you know, the World Cup, World Cup final. And yeah, unfortunately, didn't, didn't make it. But mm. yeah, I was going to say, Al, just quickly, obviously, I, I didn't know a lot about him, but, you know, heard of him. And I, I know you probably, you grew up with him. I think you went to the same school, passed away when he was 81. So around this, your era. But, you know, the talk of him is, is that he wasn't just a goal scorer. He, he scored great goals. And that's why it was so memorable because the goals he scored were just phenomenal. And I went on YouTube before and had a look at some of his, his highlights, which is great. And the way he ran as well is a bit graceful, but he is, you know, and the outpouring of affection for him, it probably proves like, it's, it, there's so many great players of the past, but for people and, you know, watching the feedback around him, he obviously meant so much, so many people. And also maybe you said that Saint and, and Greavesy show, I think a lot of people were saying that he was kind of the first person to kind of just say whatever came to his head. He brought a new style to broadcasting. So is that what you had for your experience watching him? I'd say so. I mean, it's, it's a long time ago now, but I mean, he was always, always pretty quick. He'd, he'd wear what he wanted as well. That was yeah. You know, he, he would. Well, he was just yeah. He just just knew his football, and so did Ian yeah. as well. And R.O.P. to to him. He passed away in March this year as well. So he's an, another, you know, another great player mm. in, in his own. So, you know, they, it was always good to watch 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 them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, while we're on the topic of Tottenham, Al, back to back three 0 defeats, mate. <laughs> against Chelsea in the London derby. Uh, how are you recovering from that? Yeah, to be honest with you, I was a bit... I mean, like we said last week, Chelsea, that strength and depth, you know, they're, they're going to be hard to beat. And look, we, we were great in the first half. I think Nuno said we were the better team, but we mm. just didn't... We didn't create many chances still. I think yeah. we had three chances the whole game. Um, and we needed Jimmy Greaves, right? I mean, it was a... <laughs> That's right. We need him, him up front. Obviously, Harry Kane. Um, yeah, he's just he's just looking out of sorts at the moment. Well, Al, you you said before, well, two weeks back, you said that you would win the title. I mean, and you weren't just mucking around. Now, after two losses, what have you got to say now? I mean, it just looks like a complete turnaround. It's been two weeks. It's you know you've conceded six goals, haven't scored one. What the hell's going on? Well, that's it. You know, <laughs> oh, minus three goal difference now as well, and mm. we've got the big uh, North London derby coming up. At their we'll, place, yeah, you'll well. drop, but you'll drop below them as well if you lose that one. Yeah, we will. And yeah. uh, you know, as you said, first three games of the season, top of the league. We're now starting to drop a little bit, but uh, we still, we still won that three games. So, you know. yeah. And just quickly, did anyone notice Harry Kane's body language throughout the game? Like, I mean, for me, he just looked very, I don't know, like lethargic. Uh, looked a bit mopey. Just the complete opposite to what we saw this time last season when he was, you know, running rings around defenders. And, um, yeah, he was almost the playmaker for Spurs last season. And I I just haven't seen that movement from him yet. Did you guys notice that on the weekend? Or is it just me? <laughs> it's certainly not just you. I, I mean, he was also dropping in incredibly deep to receive the ball. 
Yeah. I, mean, I think Al mentioned that they only had three shots on goal. And I think one of them came from Harry Kane. It looked like he honestly just hit it just to get one on one in his tally. He just hit it mm-hmm. so he could say, yep, I had a shot on target today. I've done a good job. And it, it yeah. just, it was sort of a nothing hit. And I think maybe he's getting a little bit fed up and he's a part of him almost regretting not uh, saying yes to City. Yeah, well, I mean, like historically, his August and September's haven't been very good. You guys might remember a few years ago when he used to have that goal drought on his name of just not being able to score early on in the season. So maybe it's just a bit of, you know, early season blues for him, but I guess we'll see, eh? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, August, he never scores. He never scores. (laughs) At least not on the field. But he he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't seem to want to be there. But I mean, he started yeah. on the left as well. Nuno played him there and then put him more yeah. in the central position. But again, mm. like the second half, Chelsea just blew them away. Mm. Really, really good. Mitch, mate, take us across the border to France. Um, and yeah, what's going over there with Messi and Poch? Well, that might have been one of the most awkward exchanges I've seen on a football pitch in a while. I agree. Um, <clears throat> it's just there's calibers of players. And you want to have a good relationship with your players and you've got to make decisions that you think are going to win you the game. Yeah. And Poch obviously thought that Hakimi was going to do that and Messi was not. (laughs) And I don't know if I've ever looked at a game and thought, you know what, Messi's not the man to win me this match. Mm. Um, Look, as it turned out, PSG won the game, but it wasn't through that sub. It was through a sub, I think, in the 82nd minute. Um, And it's just, I don't know, there's just plays you don't take off. You look at, I think, Ole and Ronaldo on the weekend. And that didn't look, that was pretty, you know, in the 71st minute, it's one all. It wasn't even like it was a defensive sub. It was Jesse Lingard. So he's still trying to go forward. And yeah. is Jesse Lingard really going to win you that game over Ronaldo? No. So, but it doesn't look pretty. It's not a nice What do you start, mean he did that? Yeah. He did in the end. <laughs> in the end. Yeah. So he's right. Come on, Mitch. You've got to back the manager, mate. Like you've got to have respect. You're a manager yourself. You can't have players coming off and going, what are you doing, mate? Like you're the manager. You see the game better than everyone else. There's no eye in team. You play for the, the what's it on the front of the jersey. You know what's on the back. So that's, that's crap, Mitch. Come on. But for those boys, those big boys, can their egos take that going off the field? That's the Well, crap. they should learn to deal with it, mate. Come on. Is he almost yeah. too old though? Can Ronaldo deal with that nowadays? Has he, yes. he passed the point where he can just? Oh, well, sorry. Sure. Let's go. Let's skip well, Ronaldo. Can I reckon Ronaldo can. Let's go, Messi. <laughs> can Messi take his hat off and go? I'm not at Barcelona anymore. I'm not the king. Well, can if he back. can't, Mitch, if he can't, then he can go because it doesn't matter how big you are, mate. You got to play for the team. It's not. It's not an individual sport at the end of the day, and you got to back the manager. Yeah. So, so oh. are we saying there could be an early exit for for Messi if this relationship continues to go this way. I mean, I think he just needs to stop it. being a sook, to be honest. I mean, he's a role model for a lot of kids and a lot of young footballers. And you don't want to be seeing that from uh, someone you look up to complaining to the manager. I mean, like like Jimmy said, there's there's no iron team. No one's bigger than the team or the club, um, especially when you're new to the club as well. Like you need to do everything to fit in. And if the manager thinks you need a rest or if someone can come on and make an impact or, you know, he's managing your minutes for an upcoming game, you listen to him. Like he's the boss mm. you, you, and you come off and you, if you do have something to say, save it until you get into the dressing room. Don't yeah, I'm interested make it- in, in Al's thoughts on this. He's someone who doesn't take instructions at all. How did, how did you see that, Al? Thanks, Jimmy. Well, yeah, I, to be honest with you, I think it's, it's it's a bit of overreaction, really. I mean, he's going to be the first first name on the sheet in the next game. 
And then they'll forget mm. about it. He'll probably score two two world class goals like Ronaldo scores every <laughs> week, apparently. Um, and 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 that'll be it. You'll forget about it. And it's it's the way it is. Yeah. No. I, yeah, I do agree with that. We're, we're still waiting on his first goal actually for Paris, and they they didn't um, get the win in the Champions League last week uh, when they probably should have, should have in uh, Belgium, I think it was. Mm. So yeah, I don't, the pressures. Pressure might be starting I mean, to build, but I'm with Al. Yeah, no, I reckon I reckon Al's right. It's a bit of overreaction. Remember when um, you know, Juventus came. Uh, sorry, Ronaldo went to Juventus. He didn't score for the first three games or whatever it was, and the pressure was on. Is he ever going to score again? And then it's just you know, it, it's a bit of an overreaction, especially we're only you know a few games in. Come on. All right, Jimmy, take us away from France, please, and Ooh. what's happening in Italy? What's and more in importantly, Italy? what the hell is happening to Juventus? Well, what do you want to start with Juventus then? We'll speak, oh, we'll whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Juventus in the relegation zone. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, boys. We didn't lose. Dude, we, th- we thought Arsenal and Tottenham they were didn't. Doing bad. Okay, Juventus didn't lose. But did anyone watch that game? You, you guys did. All right. The first half was brilliant no. from Juventus. Played good football. Finally, they played good football in the first half. Now, I know it's not all about that because we didn't get the result, did we? But still, it's good signs. Second half, again, we dropped off. And Allegri, he, he wants to protect the 1-0. Like, he doesn't want to go out and score, and that frustrates me, and it frustrates Juventus supporters. They've got the quality there to go out and score. He wanted to protect the game, and then a silly error um, cost, cost a goal. But I don't think it's all doom and gloom. There's still time. What I don't like, though, is Al. No, I don't like that, you know, <laughs> you know. at the end of the game, Allegri is saying, oh, well, lucky there wasn't another 10 minutes there because we would have lost. I don't like that attitude from him. So there's a, there's a couple of warning signs there for Juventus. But at the same time, they played a Milan team who are pretty good. Now, Nico saw them against Liverpool during the week. They're not just... They, some... they weren't good. They weren't good. But anyway, I'll get to them in a sec. Oh, God. <laughs> no one's good who plays Liverpool. They're not that Mate, bad, Nico. They were absolutely... Uh, outclassed in that first half well, and okay, they okay. two Just, lucky goals in two minutes. Anyway, yeah. Oh, no. oh, two lucky. <laughs> See, they're lucky goals because it's against Liverpool. They still score. Anyway, they've got young players there. They're missing a lot of players. Let's not forget. No no Giroud, and I know you laugh at Giroud. He's, he's still a decent player. Giroud, no Calabria. Kier was injured. No Zlatan as well. I mean, and they still played well. Okay, so... Giroud you know, came off the bench and when he I did I was talking come on, about against Juventus, off. Nick. The world oh, doesn't sorry, revolve sorry. around Liverpool, for God's <laughs> sake. Okay. And they still, okay. Right. It's not the end of the world. Let's just put Juventus aside. They're in relegation zone. Haven't won a game yet, but they will bounce back, boys. And that's a promise. Yeah. We should have a moment of silence, not for Juventus, but for the other teams because they are about to cop it. You watch. I promise you, they're coming. Second thing is Inter, who are playing very, very well. And Actually, it was interesting. The day before Bologna Inter, Mihailovic, who Al loves, and I think Mitch does as well, they were, um, in the press conference, they were talking to him and um, that they'd, they'd, uh, kept two clean sheets prior. And they said, oh, you know, how are you guys going? You kept two clean sheets. This is going well for you. And he said, if we concede tomorrow, I'm going to blame you. He's so superstitious. He said, why are you talking about it now? Wait till we keep clean sheets for six weeks in a row, not two games. And you know what they copped? Six goals the next day. 6-1 they lost. Inter are looking very good. Now, if there's any team that I would put money on to win it at the moment, from what we've seen, I know Juventus probably will, but from what we've seen, it's Inter. They're looking very mm. good. And they've got a coach that, similar to Conte, has a similar style. They like to play fast from the back. So I think it's it's not like it's a new coach has come in and changed the whole system. They're playing a similar style to Conte. So they're looking pretty good. And that's what's happening in Italy. Jimmy. Yes. Roma. 
I saw. I, I woke they up. lost. They lost to Verona. Al. I saw Mourinho, little sulk. Yeah, you know, wasn't very happy this week. Didn't run across the pitch celebrate. He didn't. Maybe you're right because Alan last week, what he said was that it all starts well for for um, Mourinho wherever he goes, but they they drop and they drop and they drop. And maybe this was the start. I watched the game. Roma did play well, and Ver- but Verona were tremendous, to be honest. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Roma played crap. They still scored. It was 3-2, so it was still an open game. So not yet. Not yet, Al. Should they be beating teams like that, though? They should, but Verona are very – at in at home, I know, you know, you laugh about it, but they've, they've done this against high-quality high opposition when they played home. They're hard to, they actually are hard to beat, so it's not the end of the world. Mm. Very pessimistic, Al. <laughs> Well, fair enough, I guess. Yeah, so Roma's not winning the league again after we talked them up last week. I think, yeah, we've, we've got a little curse going. Every time we try and talk someone up, mm. they end up losing the next week. Yeah. I think, Nick, yeah. Can I ask, sorry, can I ask a question to you boys? Yeah. yeah. It's not about Italian football, but would you bring someone off the bench to take a penalty like we saw Noble do? Oh. Would you do that? Just just the player, just here, take the penalty, one kick, hasn't warmed up all day. Would you do mm. that? Jimmy, Nick, yeah. we saw that at the Euros, right? Mm. Southgate did the same thing. You yeah. just don't do it. You don't, yeah. you don't bring an Englishman on to, to take <laughs> I think with West Ham, with West Ham especially, they've, they've had their struggles from the spot because I think they, they didn't really know who their penalty taker was a couple of weeks ago. Antonio took it at Newcastle and missed. And then Noble, who's, you know, doesn't play much. He's generally pretty reliable. So I can understand why they brought him on. But, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think you can just bring someone on just to take a kick because the pressure, it, it'll get to him. And it did. It was a shocking kick. It was a shocking kick. You know, David, David De Gea, right? Was it a good save or was it just a shocking penalty? I mean, he hasn't saved a penalty in about seven years. You still got to yeah. save it, Al. You still got to save it. But you would have saved that, Jimmy, though, wouldn't you? No, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good height. Though, it, it was a good height. But I'm, in the corner. but I'm very short. I probably wouldn't have reached, but <laughs> I don't know. It was a bad pen. I would never do that. Never do that, man. You got to Tell you who else one. was bad. Manchester City. Manchester yes. City. And there was a bit of tension actually last week with uh, Pep Guardiola's comments. Did you guys hear what he said about the fans? He just, there was, I think there was 38,000 that showed up to their Champions League game last week um, against RB Leipzig. And he, he pretty much just said in the nicest possible way, um, he wants um, more Manchester City fans to show up for their game against Southampton during the week. And I don't know, they, they took offense to it. Um, they hit back at him. He neglected to apologize. Um, and there may, it seems like there was a bit of tension there. So do you guys feel that, you know, was Pep, was it in his right to, make that comment about the Mitch fans. Mitch was all and- over this. Mitch, Mitch, you had a big opinion on this. Look, I think the weirdest, look, you can't come out and abuse your fans and you can't ask them to do things that you can oh, ask to feel a You can't ask them to show up. But no, you can encourage your fans to do things, but City, the way they went about it was wrong. Then I think the weirdest <laughs> thing I saw was in their matchbook. You go, as you know, you attend a game, you get a little matchbook, cost you 10 bucks. A City fan opens it and they say, oh, our highest attendance is, you know, 58,000 against Southampton, who's down there at 25. They're not, the, they're not the stats you want to read on a match day. And it is the if City are going to go down that path, it's going to be interesting when they play the bigger clubs of Liverpool, of Manchester United, and they've got to say that, well, their crowds are nothing compared to the crowds that these guys bring in. 
Um, but I, I think Pep just, he wants to feel, he wants energy back in his stadium. And I think he's, I think maybe that that's his missing link. Maybe he's going, if we don't have a striker, maybe if we can get a bit of extra noise, you know, a bit of energy supporting our players that we can find the goals that we're missing at the moment. But I also think Isn't just talking enough? about that game, Southampton are a team that can take points from you. And they've done, they've proved that they proved that every single year. And they've done it again against City, especially because of how deep they sit. And if you don't have a striker that can, you know, push people out of the way and score, it's going to cost you. And that's what we saw for City. Yeah. Pep, sorry. Pep, Pep didn't blame the, the number nine, though. Obviously, he wouldn't. He said it was because they didn't build up from the back enough. It, he said it's the, the number nine is not an issue. But also on that, Al, do you agree with that? I think as a, as a manager, you can say, hey, guys, let's, we need you there at the games. Show up, please. Like, isn't that fair enough? I think it's fair enough as well. I think, yeah, from a big Champions League game as well. Um, but you just, during the week, also what's happening during, in, the, in the world at this time is, yeah. I mean, they, they've got, maybe they only want to turn up on a Saturday. But, uh, mm. yeah. I mean, actually, within the game, though, we're talking about penalties. I just want to bring up. Mm-hmm. Did you see, obviously, Carl Walker, the penalty there? And then yeah. the red card. And then it got overturned. That You got the on-field review. And, yeah. You know, so I, I, don't, I, I don't understand VAR because, you know, I was aware that it has to be a blatant error for it to be overturned. And for me, that's not a blatant error. I think you can easily call that a penalty. And that's what the referee did. That was his, you know, first call. And absolutely, it would be a red card as well because it was the last defender goal-scoring opportunity. I don't get how they can reverse that. Oh, it's crazy. If you saw that in the other box, it it, it wouldn't happen, right? If exactly. It, I'm sorry, that's a red card and a penalty. Yeah. yeah. It's... it's, it's it's a foul. Anywhere else on the pitch, it's a foul. So I don't get how they can, yeah, just retract that. Um, yeah. That's not what VAR is for. Yeah. Hey, Al, you've been watching football for now 75 years, I think it is. Do you think football was better without VAR? Absolutely. Yeah. So get rid of it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's better this year. It has been better this year. Mm. And it was good at the Euros. We liked it. But, you know, it's just it's just too... There are just too many things that, that go wrong. And, and, and it's, there is, there's human error. There's going to be human error, right? And that's the way. That's why the game, we don't want to have games like that. We don't want to be like the NFL, like the grid, gridiron. No offense to uh, NFL yeah. uh, supporters out there. But it's just, you don't want to slow things down. You want it quick. You want it, you know, we want these games. That's what, back in the day, back in those days, it used to be that, you know, it used to be a lot faster. The other thing is you look at how exciting, sorry, out of gate cut you there, but you look at how exciting that end to that Leicester-Brighton game was, Hmm. you know, and that was full of VAR. And, you know, that would have been amazing to see Leicester steal a result in that match there. And it was cut off by VAR, just spoiled them. Um, Hmm. But it was then, but hey, that's another talking point in itself, Brighton. Yeah, well, they're going well. A bit lucky though, a bit lucky. Leicester could have stolen that. I think they probably should have, to be honest. Nothing yeah, lucky about scoring two goals. Well, they, but yeah. They, yeah, that's great. But Leicester scored three, didn't they? They would have scored three if they didn't get waved off. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, who's who's top of the ladder this week, boys? Liverpool and Chelsea, both identical on top of the table as well. Table, yeah. Don't call it ladder because Al gets very offended. Yeah, ladder. We're not, we're not um, cleaning. Sorry, we are in Australia, but yeah, table, my bad. I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong there. But have you guys seen their identical start to the season? Both win 3-0 in week one, 
2-0 in the second week. They draw against each other in week three. Match day four and match day five, both 3-0 wins each. So they're both sitting at the top, same goal difference, same results and everything. And um, Thomas Tuchel, uh, actually, no, Jurgen Klopp, do you guys know where he started, his managerial career? Mainz in Germany, does that mm-hmm. ring a bell? You know who overtook him there? Thomas Tuchel. Mm-hmm. And who succeeded Klopp at Borussia Dortmund? Thomas Tuchel. And now they're both at Premier League clubs, similar starts to the season. So if this is going to be the title race between these two, I think, uh, yeah, I just think it's a pretty cool story. But are you pre- predicting Thomas Tuchel to be the next football manager? <laughs> no, I'm just, I mean, he could be. <laughs> Who knows? But no, I'm just saying it's a, it's a, it's a good story yeah, if this is going to be the title race. Yeah, no, it won't be. Um, <laughs> Liverpool will drop off. I think we, we talk about Chelsea, the fantastic, the, the squad that they have, but we know United are going to be challenging as well. Maybe Liverpool might be there, but I, I don't there. think the depth, I don't think Liverpool have the depth. I honestly don't. That, that's their problem. They don't have the depth. And you will be tested as the season goes on. You've got Champions League, mm. you've got other tournaments. That's going to be the downfall. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, whenever FA Cup and Carabao Cup come into play, we don't even play any first-team players. So it's only the Champions League and Premier League that you really need to worry about. But, yeah, I agree. The front three, the depth behind those three front guys is a bit worrying. Um, but, guys, on to our play of the weeks. Oh, yes. Now, this is going to be interesting because I've – just had a quick look at the run sheet. Actually, no, I'm quite happy with it. But anyway, who stood out to you, boys? Al, we'll start with you. Well, I'm going to go for a Watford player, Ismail Assar. Um, Absolutely. He scored two goals and, you know, they're great, great goals, you know, especially particularly that first one. Um, you know, obviously they're playing, albeit against a Norwich side, but these mm. are the big six-pointers. Um, and that Norwich side looked favourite to go down, to be honest with you, with five losses. But he, he kind of reminds me of that, of his uh, Senegalese counterpart, obviously. Sadio Mane. Mane. He notched up, he notched up his 100th goal for Liverpool over the mm. week. He did. He did. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good shout. How about you, Mitch? I loved the Brentford game. And Tooney was just exciting to watch. Every time he was near the ball, every time he was on the ball, you just felt like something or anything could happen especially in that first half. And obviously, you know, after the red card, it, it, it sort of went to a more defensive game, but he still was exciting. And in the end, he won his own penalty in the box. He's then converted it very coolly. Like that is a man that you'd almost sub on. That's just, he just looked very nonchalant, walked up and just hit it and just with confidence and walked away. And his assist was brilliant. It was just, it was well-timed. It was a great ball and obviously a good finish as well. So for me, Tooney just looked spectacular this this week. And to be honest, he's had a good start to the season in general. Um, and you can argue that with how he is playing, that's why Brentford are doing so well and have had the start that they have. And to beat Wolves as well is impressive. So yeah. Tooney was Absolutely. definitely the key for me and, and my player of the week. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he talked himself up as well at the start of the season. Uh, he had a, He's had quite the journey to the Premier League. He's played in the League One, then moved up to the Championship with, Bre- with Brentford. Um, and now, yeah, he's ready to hit the Premier League by storm and this was his breakout game. So looking forward to seeing more of him. Jimmy, what about yep. you? Look, I'm going to go left the field a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go for a United player for a change. Now, the reason oh, why, kidding. because... 
Don't, listen, Al just absolutely disregards goalkeeper. Said before, oh, it wasn't a good save. Obviously, Al's never saved a penalty in his life. It was a brilliant save at that time. And, and also the reason why, Nick, as you laugh there and shake your head, is because he asked to come back to preseason early. David, David De Gea had a terrible season last season. He's lost form. We know that. He said, I'm going to come back to preseason early. I'm going to work my backside off, and I'm going to make sure that we're contenders. And that's exactly what he's done. And Oli's kept the faith in him, and he stepped up in those moments. Last year, he doesn't he doesn't save that. Okay, he's he's conceded his last 40, 40 penalties. He hasn't saved one since two thousand and fourteen, but he saved that one and won the game. So that's why the story this week should be David De Gea. Well done, son. You get uh, Player of the Week. Thank you. Three votes, Nick. Thank you very much. Hey, <laughs> Ronaldo. He scored again as well. He Another did score world. again, and it was a good goal. It was he was positioning was perfect. <laughs> It was. Oh, United supporters can't have enough of them. Um, yeah, David De Gea. Uh, yeah, it's a decent shout. I don't mind Thank it. You. Um, you. But I'm just, I mean, what does Mo Salah need to do to get him these votes? I mean, he keeps scoring. and he needs to play well for one. Jimmy just keeps picking United players. <laughs> um, no, that's okay. Uh, for, so for the three votes, it's a tough one. It's going to be between Ivan Tony and Ismaili Saar. Um <laughs> What but I might, sorry, mate. <laughs> um, but I might go Tony for the three votes because I think he just, yeah, as Mitch said, he he tore Wolves apart. That's a massive win on the road for for Brentford. So he takes the three votes for me with his goal and assist. Um, and so you know, I would have given him the three votes with his brace, but you know, they did play against Norwich and their last fifteen games. Um, They've lost their last 15 games. It's the Sorry, Nico, second worst just, run in you're top You're just light. breaking up there like uh, Norwich's defence. Can you just say it? <laughs> uh, yeah, so they played Norwich, and Norwich, uh, their last 15 games have all been losses. It's the second worst run in top flight history, and they've only scored three goals in that time as well and conceded 38. So their relegation bound. Saar was brilliant, but, yeah, Tony for the three votes, Saar for two, and David De Gea. Jimmy's man uh, with one vote. So that wraps it up. (laughs) Any final words, boys, before we clock off? Well, can we do a quick tip for the weekend? Like your best tip of the weekend. Which game are you looking forward to? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I'm going for. Right, my, I'm start. looking at United, United Aston Villa. Sorry, I'm just United to win. Yeah, no, what I'm really looking forward to, honestly, is Chelsea Man City. That's the game to watch. And the good thing for us in Australia is it's nine thirty. On Saturday. Yeah. So just as you finish the grand final, Aussie Rules grand final, bang, flick on the EPL on Stan Sport and you're watching. No, it's not Stan Sport, on Optus Sport and watching Chelsea Man City. What a it's game. actually going to be on at half time of the grand final or something like that, 9.30. Might just, it, it'll clash over. Maybe you can watch a second half and, and watch <laughs> Chelsea romp Man City. I don't think they'll score. I'm tipping 2 0 Chelsea. Mm, it's. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be another Chelsea dominant performance. I think they'll actually start their probably best midfield in terms of having Kante, Kovacic and Jorginho all at once, which good luck to City to break that down. Kante was hard enough by himself, let alone if he's got you know two good players next to him. So it'll be mm. interesting. It'll be a good watch and 9.30 is a great time. Beats for having to wake up at 2am. So 100%. Well, I've got a 1.30 again. Have you? Oh. North London Derby is the game that I'm looking out for. That is massive. Love a North London Derby. It's one of the games I look forward to every single season. That and Liverpool, Manchester United and Manchester City when Liverpool play them. But yeah, the North London Derby is always spicy. And this one's going to be spicy What's as well. What's the tip, Al? What's your tip? 
Jimmy, it's, good. it's a good question, mate, to be honest with Thank you. you. I'm quite pessimistic. Um, I'll be happy with a draw. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Kane, I reckon Kane's going to get on the score sheet, right? Everyone's giving him a bit of shit at the yeah, moment, but he's yeah. going to score. One nil Spurs. I like it. One nil Spurs. Brilliant. One hey, nil Spurs. What, what's your game? Going away from the one that we're all going to love watching, which is, you know, that Manchester City-Chelsea match. I actually think Leeds-West Ham could be interesting. It's, Ooh, a, yeah. it's a game that, you know, I think West Ham have to bounce back or sorry, have to continue or yeah, bounce back. But Leeds also had that a one all draw against Newcastle mm. and they will look to, you know, be a bit more impressive and, you know, can it be a game that one of those teams can stamp a bit of uh, a bit of authority and sort of gain a, you know, that mid table position because it's going to be those guys sort of fighting it out. You know, West Ham, there was talk of them being, you know, challenges for another Europa league spot again. They need to win these sort of games. So I think that'll be an interesting match and one to watch. Yeah. Mm. Love it. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, besides that, I mean, Manchester City, they've got um, just on them. They've got obviously Chelsea this week and then Liverpool the week after. So coming off that draw against Southampton, they're going to have to win one of the next two if they're going to, you know, keep up with these uh, teams that are starting to run away in the title race. Um, But besides that game, yeah, I mean, you guys have covered most of the good ones, actually. But I'll go with Liverpool, Brentford. Yeah, I have to. I have to, mate. <laughs> I know. It, it'll, it, it could be high scoring. I like the way Brentford plays, very attacking, and uh, Liverpool as well. We know that they've scored a few, fair few goals this season, so that could be a goal fest. Yeah, be getting up at 2.30 for that. Well, that's all from us today for your weekly offside report. So be sure to hit us up on Twitter, football at uh, football by sports, mate, for any questions and comments, and we'll bring them up on our next show. So until next time, catch us later and enjoy the football.